It is that time, everybody. Every Friday, we get in the cage here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Always a pleasure to speak with this man. You read his stuff at yahoosports.com. Does a brilliant job covering combat sports, MMA, and boxing. Talking about the one, the only Kevin Ioli is here. Kevin, how are you, man? I am very good, Bob. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's always it's always good to catch up with you, and I wanted to uh, touch on a, on a potential event that it includes both both platforms, I guess, if you will, boxing and MMA, and that is Conor McGregor, Manny Pacquiao seems to be the latest rumor out there. And I know you tweeted some things that, that Manny Pacquiao had to say. Um, what do you, what do you think the reality of this fight is? I think I feel like everybody was so let down by the Conor Mayweather fight, uh, even though Conor showed better than I think some thought he might, but ultimately it was not competitive. And the buildup to it was great, and the fight was a letdown. Are people going to be in line for this one again? Because I feel like Manny, even at his advanced age, could actually damage Connor in a way that Floyd couldn't. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think the fight's going to happen. Let's start with that point. You know, I think that there's too many issues, not the least of which are who is Manny Pacquiao's manager. You know, Connor McGregor's manager is Adi Attar, who signed Manny to a contract that purported to be a managerial contract that Pacquiao is notorious for signing things with no representation and signing, you know, uh, multiple, you know, he did it with golden boy and top rank where he signed multiple promotional contracts at the same time. And so with him, you know, it's just start with that aspect of it. You know, you don't know, does Adi Attar actually have a deal with him that can be enforceable that then would allow him to, to work for Manny and go. So, you know, my tweet that you saw and you referenced the other day, you know, that was a statement that I got from a lawyer uh, of Manny Pacquiao's who said that they hit told Adi Attar he's not the manager. Attar says he is. So, you know, that, that makes it a problem. But I think if the fight were to take place, Conor McGregor's in big trouble. I mean, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd carried Conor. Like, you know, he just wanted to have fun and he's caught, he's cautious by nature. And so he went some rounds and he didn't go out there and put himself in danger. Manny is going to come out looking for the knockout from the yeah. first round. And that's, that's just not good. Not, not a good scene for Connor. Would it sell? Do you think, do you think the public is, is yes. going to be duped into buying another event like this? You know, the buildup would be great. That's a guarantee, but you think it would sell? I don't think it'll sell, you know, Connor, uh, versus Floyd did 4.4 million, but I think it'll do half of that. You know, I think it'll do around 2 million and you know, if it does that, I mean, that is a, a big, 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 big number. And UFC's only had one fight in its history that ever did over 2 million, which was Connor versus Habib, you know, obviously Connor versus Floyd, if you want to kind of, you know, that, uh, that would have been the other one. So, I mean, this is a, a huge fight if it gets made, you know, in terms of fan interest. I think there would be a lot of uh, pay-per-view buys and a lot of interest in the fight. Help me understand what was going on over uh, over uh, social media with Connor and Dana. The you know uh, Connor, you know, having screen grabs of a, a direct messages between the two of them, and and I didn't quite. I guess I didn't invest the time I probably should have in reading it. But if you could simplify what was going on, because it basically Connor saying, "Hey, I told you I would fight anywhere, anytime, and I wanted this fight, and I wanted that fight," and Dana saying, "You know, that's the dirtiest thing you could do is release these publicly." And what what was your takeaway from that whole thing? What was if for those that aren't aware of what I'm talking about? Yeah. So what happened was, you know, Connor uh, texted Dana in February and talked about getting a fight. 
but you know the fights that he wanted were you know were not available so that that became an issue you know they had wanted connor to be the backup fighter because if you remember bob at ufc 246 connor was specifically asked multiple times you're saying habib and uh tony ferguson fight is not going to come off would you serve as a backup and he said yes uh, but then when when they actually offered him to be the backup and said train and if one of them falls out you would be in he declined um, and as history would tell us you know Justin Gaethje fell into that spot and beat Tony Ferguson to uh, win the interim championship so Connor was upset that he couldn't get uh, the title fight and then you know so he was just pushing to get a fight in Dublin and he suggested Diego Sanchez and Dana correctly said you know we should lose our promoter's license if we make that fight. And that's what Connor released. And so it looks like Dana is dogging Diego Sanchez when that wasn't really what was happening. You know, he was just trying to say, hey, look, this is a fight that, you know, you can't, you know, you're a top ranked contender. Diego's long past his, uh, you know, sell by date and he's not the same fighter. <laughs> and nobody who knows MMA would think that's a fair fight. But, you know, that's what went on. And so Connor tried to use leverage. But I think, you know, he's really, unfortunately for him, you know, the UFC is pretty good at using leverage and they're, they're pushing back hard. So what do we make of the proposed, uh, you know, uh, sparring match, if you will, with Dustin Poirier that, that he was suggesting, Conor McGregor was suggesting that they do an exhibition, uh, exhibition match for charity and, you know, hey, there's all this good feeling between the two of them and now the UFC comes in and offers a, an actual fight for the two of them. What, was that a ploy by Conor to get the UFC to move? Was that, or do you think he's sincere? Do you think they take the fight? What, what do you think happens? Well, I, I think, you know, Connor, and this is my take, and I could be wrong, but I, I think that Connor kind of felt like, you know, he was going to show the UFC brass who was boss, and they showed him who was boss. Um, that, you know, here was the problem. He had, both Dustin and Connor have exclusive contracts with the UFC. And you notice that they announced that that charity fight would be on December 12th. Well, guess what else is happening on December 12th? UFC 256 with a uh, welterweight title fight between Usman and Gilbert Burns. So do you think it would create confusion in the marketplace with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fighting in Ireland and then UFC 256 in Las Vegas? There's no way that that could happen. You know, the UFC contract is clear that if they went to do it, the UFC would sue and, you know, have it blocked and, and not allow it to occur. Um, and so, you know, Connor, I, I don't think Connor has been taking very strategic steps, you know, in this whole battle that he's doing. And um, I think he's, you know, suffering a series of losses that are pretty much all self-inflicted. It's hard to tell what he wants. I mean, what do you, what do you think he truly wants? I, obviously, he wants to make as much money as he possibly can, but I don't feel like there's a specific opponent. He call, He sort of calls out everybody who talks smack to him. He'll talk it back. And does he want to fight often? Does he really not want to fight? Is it just talking? Do you have a sense of what he's truly after at this point? I do. You know, and my, and my sense right now from knowing him and talking to him over the years and talking to people around the UFC and people close to him, is like I don't think he really has his heart in fighting anymore, but he loves the idea of being a fighter. And so by, you know, by calling out and, you know, and, and, and he likes the idea of using his leverage, like, you know, being I'm the fighter that changed the game. Right. And he likes that idea of being able to do that. And, and, and it's great. You know what? Hey, I, I don't have a problem with that, you know, because that's I'm always for the athletes in terms of, you know, them winning these kind of battles. But you have to be smart about it. And he hasn't been. And, you know, like by saying, you know, if they would have said, hey, we're going to go on, you know, December 15th 
15th, you know, a couple days after the UFC fight, not where UFC had nothing going on and they could have pitched it in a different way. I think they might have had a chance to get it done. I, I still think it would have been a long shot. But the way they did by saying they're going to go on the day, you know, they're going head-to-head with the big boys. They're going head-to-head with UFC. You know, th- that was going to be too easy for UFC to stop. And, you know, I, I think Connor is just in a situation where, you know, he loves the attention. Of course, you know, everybody loves, you know, the 50 or $80 million paydays that come with these kind of fights. Um, and so he likes that. But I don't know that he really wants to, you know, do the grinding, get in a fight anymore. And who can blame him? He's made hundreds of millions of dollars. He deserves to enjoy a comfortable life after doing what he's done. And, and by all accounts, his, his whiskey is actually a very profitable venture for him, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah, he's making a lot of money off that. Oh, all right. Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports is with us for just a couple of more moments. I want to get your take on what we saw from Israel Adesanya. Uh, it, I mean, he looked dominant. I felt like this was a pretty predictable fight, Kevin. I had somebody on the show last week, and I said, uh, you know, listen, uh, you know, obviously Costa can land, land a big punch. The guy can punch, and that can end the night really quickly. But having said that, I really thought he's sort of one-dimensional, a very one-dimensional fighter, and I thought if right. Adesanya was not careless, that he would pick him apart. And that's kind of what we watched. It's, it, it, I'm guessing you might have felt the same way. It seemed like a very predictable outcome. Yeah, I, that was my prediction, and uh, – that you know, for the fight to end the way it did, um, you know, the only thing I guess that surprised me was that Costa really didn't throw hands ever in the fight. You know, he did no. he did a lot of kicks, but you never saw him. You know, when you talk about a, a fighter like that, you know, to me it was an easy fight to call because you know those counter punchers who can move like Adesanya, a guy that fights the way Costa does, they'll, they'll eat those guys for lunch almost all the time. But the one thing, and you alluded to it, you know, that they have, you know, Costa's like a guy, a freight train going downhill, and he's not going to change direction too much, and he's not going to avoid too much. But you know what? If he gets on the path that you're on, he, there's going to be a collision, and usually you're going to take the worst of it. But he didn't even throw his best weapon, that big right hand. And, you know, he kicked it uh, at Asanya, and Adesanya loved that. You know, great, go ahead and kick him. You're not going to win this game. And I, I thought Izzy, you know, fought brilliantly, and I thought Paul, uh, Paulo fought uh, – stupidly yeah and he alluded to something after the fight and he's certainly not unique in this but sort of a, intimating that he wasn't a hundred percent or something had happened before the fight did you hear anything about an injury or anything like that with costa i mean you, i i did an interview with him the same day that i interviewed israel adesanya and i asked them both the same question you're healthy there's no problems there's no you know you're limited in the gym and that you know costa this is the best camp i've had I, blah 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 <laughs> yeah. you know i i I, I think it's just one of those things, you know, he got humbled in the fight. And so it's hard to admit, you know, this guy kicked my butt so badly. So you say, hey, I, I had a hamstring or I had whatever, you know, they want to say that they have and that, that they think it makes it look better for them. Yeah. And Tito Ortiz was the king of that. He died, got best camp ever, best shape. Then he'd lose and go, well, I had a C4 and a C5, a fusion, my back. I need a surgery. I was like, come right. on, man. He did that after a number of fights. But uh, last thing before I let you go, what? And, and there's no shortage of fighters calling out Israel or Israel calling out other fighters, regardless of the weight class. I know he and John Jones have had a thing going the past few days, and I know Justin Gagey is uh, torn into him a bit. Who does he, Who's the logical next opponent for him? Well, I think it's going to be Jared Cannonier, uh, assuming that Cannonier beats Robert Whitaker, which I would not assume is going to be that easy of a task. 
you know, I think Whitaker is a really, really good fighter. And I think Whitaker has a, a very good case that he could beat uh, Jared Cannonier. Uh, but I think if Cannonier wins, he is the, the guy that's next. If he loses, you know, now I think it becomes a wild card. You know, if Whitaker wins, uh, then it's a wild card. They could go to a Whitaker rematch, you know, but he beat Whitaker so one-sidedly. Do they do that again? Um, you know, they, they may want to go to Kelvin Gastelum, but Kelvin Gastelum uh, has lost a couple of fights, you know, since that great fight he had with Israel. So does he really deserve a title fight? So there, there'd be some issues there. You know, Darren Till is having surgery, you know, on his knee. So there's a lot of stuff out there. I think, you know, I think silently there'll be a lot of people in the UFC rooting for Jared Cannonier. He is Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports. You can check out his stuff at yahoosports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin I. Very easy to find on Twitter. Does a great job with it. Kevin, always fun to talk to you, man. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes, and I look forward to talking again. Anytime, my friend. Thanks for having me.